Hello, everybody. Good morning to you. Happy Monday. This is Matt Hopper here with my good buddy, Justin Goodman. Say hi, Justin. Hey, everybody. And this is episode 28 of the Chocolate Croissants podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, Before we kick into this, I just want to give a quick thank you to our very, very good friends and our sponsors of this week's podcast, Rode Microphones. Rode has provided our microphones since day one. They're the reason why, as I always say, you are hearing me in your ear hole right now. Um, Our lovely voices come through because of their great mics, and that's the reason why we sound good. Um, If you're looking to record your band in a studio, If you are looking to record your voice on a podcast or on a radio show, um, if you're looking to travel mobile with your phone and just record as you go, then Rode Microphones definitely has options for you. So I would recommend that you go to Rode.com, R-O-D-E.com, check out what they have to offer, or you can follow them on all their socials at Rode Mic. They really have been huge supporters of this podcast. They get behind the message. They get behind uh, what we're doing here. And and even in the group, uh, in the Facebook group, they're really behind the conversations there and are super supportive. So if you have a chance, check them out on their socials, give them a thanks, and check out their products. All right. Secondly, speaking of the Facebook group, uh, as always, we just want to do a quick nod to everyone there. For those of you who have joined recently, thank you so much for coming on board. Uh, It's an honor to see the group numbers growing and to see more and more of you communicating and engaging with each other and with us. Um, We've had some of our guests pop in there to answer questions directly. So it's just a very, very positive vibe within the Facebook group. If you're not familiar with it, uh, you can locate it at www.facebook.com slash groups slash chocolate croissants. And speaking of uh, some some people in the group, I want to give a quick shout out to our very, very good friends, Mr. Joe Hamilton, Mr. Jeff Lang. Both uh, are personal friends of ours, but also huge supporters and listeners of the podcast since day one. Uh, both Joe and Jeff have been helping uh, produce the audio and mix master the audio uh, over the past bunch of episodes. I want to say the past maybe six or seven, if not more episodes now, they've really helped helped us improve our sound and hopefully you guys can hear the difference as you tune in. So Joe and Jeff, thank you guys so much. You know, we're always looking uh, to work with people from our group. Most recently, we actually posted in there because we're in the process of looking for some good video editors. We're looking for some good graphic designers. So if anyone out there listening um, wants to get involved uh, in a more hands-on way with the podcast and you have those skills in design or in video, please join the group send us a message, post in there. We would love to talk with you because we have some really cool opportunities coming up and um, you know who better to work with than people who are actual supporters of the podcast. So um, if you're there, raise your hand. So uh, now on to episode 28. So uh, real quick, I want to first introduce our guest, which is my very, very good friend, Mr. J.P. Bouvet. Uh, J.P. is, first and foremost, a phenomenal human being. Secondly, he is one of the most mind-blowing drummers that I've ever seen in my life. He's probably um, one of my favorite soloists on the drums. He is extremely articulate with his instrument, as well as being extremely articulate um, just in expressing himself in daily communication with the people around him. He's an amazing teacher. 
He's an avid traveler. He's been all over the world, uh, speaks multiple languages. He is very, very involved in his own personal health and is always there to offer uh, a lending hand to all of his friends if they ever have questions about mental health, physical health, drumming, uh, life advice. He's been a video blogger on his YouTube account for a long time, and he's also the owner of jpbouvetmusic.com, which is uh, his entrepreneurial endeavor where you can go to his website and you can pay, I believe, $20 a month or more. I'm not sure if he changed his format recently, but I believe it's $20 a month to get access to I want to say at this point, hundreds of video lessons on the drums. So if you're a drummer and you're looking to improve and you want to learn from one of the best out there, JP is definitely uh, a good option for you. Um, in this talk, um, we actually uh, we actually had a little bit of an incident this week. Um, I'll let Justin tell you about it in a second, but it's a little bit different uh, as far as format goes uh, with this episode because we're actually going to roll out JP's interview in a series. So what you're about to hear is just going to be part one of our conversation with JP, and it runs about an hour. Um, and I think at the very end, we're going to leave in the, uh, the the perfect ending incident that, that occurred. Um, but I just wanted to give you guys a heads up because there's some really great information within this first hour. And there was some really fantastic information uh, even beyond this. But unfortunately, due to what happened, we had some issues with the audio and we really couldn't salvage it to present it to you guys. So we're going to come back in a few weeks with part two with JP. And I think it'll actually be even better um, and probably even more fresh. But I'm going to turn the microphone over really quick to Justin, who's going to tell you the story of what happened. And then we will kick into episode 28. Hey, all uh, again. Uh, I want to say thank you, because most importantly, as Matt keeps saying, you know, you've got us now in your ear holes, and you really, you have any choice you want of what you tend to consume, right, for your audio, and you've picked us, at least right now you're picking us, and we cannot thank you enough for choosing us and letting us infiltrate your ear holes. Now, on to the story. So, long story short. Uh, about 50 some odd minutes into this conversation, Matt went to adjust his chair. Subsequently, the bottom fell out. Matt's head came forward. He knocked our microphone over that disconnected the mic from the computer and the recording. Essentially, we clicked some kind of button and it started over. Uh, unbeknownst to us, we lost the rest of the conversation. So we are going to present to you everything that we have, which I think is roughly 54 some odd minutes of really riveting great, great content that we were really, really stoked about. And we had a great conversation after that, of which only we'll know about. Uh, yeah. but, but it's great. Somehow we accidentally also captured video of this. There's video content of this, and it's freaking great. So uh, maybe we'll, we'll put that in the group and you all can see the, uh, the blunder. So join the Facebook group, facebook.com backslash groups uh, slash chocolate croissants to see it in all its glory. You know, I have some stills <clears throat> that I saved on my phone and I'll post some pictures of it, um, of our faces when it happened. And just to like, 
I want to I want to clarify this story real quick because Justin's correct. I was we were, you know we we always record at Jordan's place and uh, he has these stools like these um these four legged stools that we were sitting on, which is different than what we normally do. We normally sit on the couch and we were like, oh, let's stand up today. We're on Skype. It's gonna be cool. It's safer. Um, so I go to scoot my chair forward. One of the legs just like completely gives out from under me, and I slide forward in my seat. As Justin said, my head perfectly knocks into the microphone, which then falls over and pretty much just screws up the whole thing. And you can actually, like I said, you can hear it happen at the end of the podcast. So when you hear that big bang, that's what that is. Um, so we're really sorry about that, but hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys get some entertainment from it. And, um, you know, it's always a learning process. So we're going to do things a little bit differently next time. I'm not going to sit on a chair that's breaking. I'm going to be very, very careful of my surroundings and where my head goes. And, uh, we're going to make sure to capture everything in one fell swoop. So we've talked a lot. We're going to let you go. Uh, Justin, anything else that you want to add before we dig into this? Nope. All right. He said, nope. All right. Well, without further ado, please enjoy. Part one of episode 28 with our very, very good friend, Mr. J.P. Bouvet. All right, everybody. Welcome to Chocolate Croissants Podcast, episode number 28. This is Matt here. We are here with Justin Goodman, Jordan Goodman. Say hello, boys. Hello, boys. Hello, boys. Hello, boys. And Tyson's here today. Um, And I am thoroughly excited. Feel these nipples because my very, very good friend um, and like life coach and like guru who's younger than me is on the podcast as our guest today. And his name is Mr. Jean-Pierre Bouvet, also known as <laughs> JP Bouvet. Yeah. yeah. Yay. Hi boys. Hi JP. How's it going? It's going good, man. I'm super stoked to be on the podcast. Excellent. And, uh, yeah, life is good. I can't complain. Have you done? It's many- also been a while since you and I have caught up. So yes, we can, uh, we can try to quickly shoot the shit in between other questions that are more important. Yes, I'm into that. Have you done many podcasts? <laughs> no, I've done my fair share of interviews and my fair share of video interviews. <clears throat> but this would only be podcast number two. The first one being with Drum Gab with Seamus from up in Canada there. Eh? And that was cool. That was like a month ago. But uh, <clears throat> that was really drum heavy stuff. And I believe we are going to be a little bit less drum heavy here, which will be nice because obviously most interviews are pretty interested in the drum world. JP, you know, parad- do you listen to podcasts? Such. I only re- podcasts became a, a part of my life about a year ago when someone turned me on to Sam Harris. Are you guys familiar? Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. So yeah, I just became a huge Ian Barnett, old barnyard here, one of the greatest drummers in New York. He turned me on to Sam and he was like, man, I think you'd really like this guy. And, uh, yeah, I just, I kind of got obsessed for a little bit. I'm still kind of like <laughs> falling off that, but you know, I always check out all his podcasts. The guests he has on are super interesting. I've read a bunch of his books. I've read a bunch of his guests books. So that's the biggest part podcast day in my life. But honestly, uh, other than his, it's not generally a huge part of my day. I do a lot more like reading than I do podcasting. What is it about Sam that you actually like? He just has an just an unbelievable ability to communicate ideas more effectively than I've ever heard anyone do it. Uh, just just a control over the English language that's uncanny. So hearing him talk about, I mean that, and then 
what blows my mind really is he's having like you know he'll have guys on guys and gals on for for interviews in you know any field of study and he appears to be extremely well read and well educated on it no matter what it is so like his depth of knowledge and then his ability to boil those ideas down and think rationally and i, I don't know there's just a lot about him that i think is uh, worth looking up to and being inspired by yeah that's awesome that's definitely awesome. And what are you reading right now? Is there any any good books that you can recommend <clears throat> to us or our listeners right off the bat? Well, I just yesterday finished reading this book called Life 3.0, okay. which I actually wouldn't necessarily just you know flat out recommend to anyone unless you're interested in artificial intelligence. Um, it's just this <laughs> like epic um, sort of like everything that could happen and everything that is happening with artificial intelligence and why it's a huge threat to humanity and all the things that, you know, the great things it could do, the horrible things it could do, um, those types of things. And I was just, again, that was actually the guy that wrote it was a guest on, uh, on Sam's podcast. And I was like, oh, that sounds super interesting. Um, and it was indeed very interesting, but again, like, I don't know if I just, you know, across the board recommend that one. Um, other than that, I just actually got back from the bookstore and picked up this little book called Six Easy Pieces that a friend recommended to me. And it's kind of, it, it, the, the subtitle is Essentials of Physics is Explained by Its Most Brilliant Teacher. So it's like, it's a short little book and it's a, it seems like a, a, a very interesting and quick little read. Um, but that I'm super into. As far as things that have been extremely interesting recently, um, that I would go ahead and recommend just like across the board. One was I read Richard Dawkins, the selfish gene, which is his like big claim to fame on, on his theories of evolution and natural selection. And I saw, it was like some BBC headline that was like the selfish gene gets the award for like most important science book written in the last century. And I was like, okay, should probably check that out. Hmm. So that was super interesting. And then uh, this other book that's really relevant right now if you live in America. Um, well, if you live anywhere. But it's called On Tyranny by Timothy Snyder. And it's this short little, like it might be like an hour and a half for read tops. Um, and it's just this really interesting book. The, the subtitle is 20 Lessons from the 20th Century. And it's, it's just reading into like how... Um, tyrannical leaders like first start getting their foothold in how author- authoritarian governments begin and what are the early signs and what can one do to recognize it and what can one do to combat it and what should one absolutely not do to like help accidentally usher something in that they don't want so it's just, it's just very enlightening kind of kind of read there that's awesome i mean those seem like yeah. great suggestions um seems like a lot of it is rooted in science. Um, and you know, it seems like a lot of it is rooted in like, you know, the human world. What's the, what am I looking for? Like how to be a, how to be a, a well-versed, like, uh, well-rounded, well, up to date human based yeah. on what's happening in our current, you know, in our current world. Um, yeah. let me ask you a question. When, do you typically read? Is that part of like a morning routine or a morning ritual? Do you do it before bed? Do you like schedule time every day? What's your, what's your, 
what's your schedule typically like? Because I remember talking to you a bunch of months back and I remember you telling me that you were, you were really getting into bone broth at the time <laughs> yeah. and you would wake up and you would have your bone broth or you would have your, you know, your tea, I think. And you would sort of like journal a little bit in the morning. I'm just curious, like one, if reading and, and, you know, discovering these books is, is a part of that or stem from that. And then two, what your typical routine is like when you are at home. Right. Yeah. So well, as you know, like the typical routine can get in easily washed away the moment you leave town. Yep. So late this past six months have been, I've been out of town most of the time on various trips. We just did a month in Australia and New Zealand with my band, Childish Japes. We did a month. I was in China for a month doing clinics. Uh, earlier this year was another Generation X tour in Asia. So it's been a ton of in and out. Um, so I am, I just got back four or five days ago and I have no plans to leave besides holidays for the really, really for the foreseeable future. Like something will come up, but definitely not in the next four months. And that is such a novelty right now. And it's something that I'm so excited about every day for the very reason that you're describing. It's like, I can finally settle into a new routine and just get kind of a normal life going on and really treat myself how I want to treat myself and do the things that I really want to do. So I've been trying to kind of figure out these last few days since I got back what the new routine is going to be. And the closest I have right now is that, you know, four or five days a week, I want to be at the gym. And I really right now, since, especially right now, since a, I have the time because I'm not super busy right now, and B, because I just have this um, increased appetite for learning right now, I'm really trying to make time every day to read. And the way that it's kind of been panning out the past few days that I think will continue because I think it's a really nice start to the day is I wake up, I eat a big breakfast, uh, my girlfriend's a nutritional therapist, and a self-proclaimed health nut. So we, we, it's like we're like pretty into the healthy food thing. So we'll have a big, good, healthy breakfast. And then uh, I'll uh, either go straight. This is where I'm trying to figure it out. But I'm trying to fit in like a chunk of meditation in the morning and then like an hour or so to just read right after breakfast and digest and chill. And then get at it and maybe answer some emails, go to the rehearsal space down the street and practice. And luckily, as of late, they've, they've constructed a bunch of cool little food stalls in the building next to my rehearsal space. So now I have a place to eat lunch down there, which makes it a lot easier because I don't have to like 15 minute walk back, make lunch for 20 minutes, eat lunch for 30 minutes and go back. So that's making things a lot easier. So I think that's kind of the plan. Wake up, eat, meditate, read, shoot off some emails, go to the rehearsal space and work on whatever needs to be worked on, play the drums, edit the new Childish Japes album, whatever it might be, rehearse with people, jam with people, and then from there, figure the rest out. <laughs> so JP, you mentioned meditation, and I know more and more people are becoming interested in it or hearing uh, that word or mindfulness. Uh, and it means different things to different people. So can you kind of dig into 
what it means for you and how that plays out for you each day. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think so far on the surface, we've painted me as a complete uh, trend-following hippie. <laughs> but uh, but I don't care. Fuck you guys. No. Um, <laughs> but there's so much good substance in all of these things, right? And there, it's so easy to step over the line and become like a fad vegan or something or like a fad I do yoga or soul cycle or whatever it might be. Um, but the, the thing is, I don't really have a problem with those people. Sometimes I laugh at them and sometimes I laugh at myself because I, I find myself kind of in that category just based on my, my hobbies and stuff. But there's so much good to it. So on the meditation front, um, I guess I got, I got kind of turned on to it like more seriously, you know, it, it kind of, you know, come in and out of my mind, uh, for a little while, but about a year ago is when I actually got turned on to it in a more serious way. And it was by an, uh, potentially an unlikely suspect, which was Kyle Cease and Kyle Cease. Are you guys familiar with Kyle Cease? Mm -hmm. You are yes. awesome. So, so he was, a he was my favorite comedian actually when I was like in high school or early college and then he just like hung up the mic and stopped doing stand up and started doing these transformational seminars and started getting really into self improvement and those types of things and he did it in such a a transparent and sort of haphazard way um cuz he was just really figuring it out for himself as he went and he was really open about the process um, and what he was learning. And I was super inspired by him, especially around the time that I was like 21 or 22, like right after the drum off. I remember just being like, Kyle Cease, man, this guy's like so inspiring, you know? And JP, so, JP sorry, yeah. not to, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but isn't yeah. he the one who gave that motivational speech where he talks about like relationships and he says that people hang on to certain parts of relationships, like going to the movies, going to dinner, they get hung up on those things, but they forget to realize or they fail to realize that those are all things that they can do with other people. And if they're not with the right person, they should not hold on to those things. Is that, wasn't that his thing? I haven't heard that, but it sounds like it could totally come out of him. So <laughs> I'm on board. It, it probably was. I think it I was. haven't seen like everything he's done, but it sounds pretty on point. Okay. All good. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So about a year ago, I had kind of, you know, fallen out of following Kyle Cease for a few years. And then there was some random thing that I saw floating around Facebook. And I was like, ah, oh, you know what? Let's see what he's up to. And uh, it was this video, like an excerpt from one of his uh, weekend seminars. And he was saying to an audience of a few hundred people, he was saying, okay, tomorrow morning, I want you to wake up an hour early. And I want you to just sit with your eyes closed. And that was his challenge to the room. And then he goes on, and he, of course, he's really funny about everything. And he's explaining, like, he, I remember how he worded it. He's like, I want you to sit there, close your eyes, and watch the show. And, I was, and as I tried it the next morning, I realized how perfect of a description that was. Because that was like, I mean, an hour is a really long time for anyone to meditate, but especially someone who doesn't meditate. So to go sit in a park with your eyes closed for an hour is this weirdly excruciatingly painful experience. <laughs> uh, 
which is insane. And he highlights this in, in his talk there. He's, he's like, isn't it weird that we've created a world where sitting alone with your eyes closed is terrifying? Mm. And it's an unbelievable point because the first couple days I tried this, I, I tried to really give it some time. I, it was an extremely emotional experience. I was just, it's just like discovering and uncovering like countless anxieties and links to your family and your history and things you're not happy with in your life and your friendships and your relationships and all this, these insecurities come to the surface because you have so long to sit with them and you have no method yet of actually meditating. You're just literally sitting with your thoughts, which is, you know, I guess an interesting way to at least learn about how the mind works when, uh, it goes, you know, it's, it's off its leash. But, uh, that was my that was my first step into it, and from there I started to read a little bit more about like some proper meditation practices, and I read some books uh, of the Buddhist type, um, and, and so forth. And where it's at now in my life is it's just it's become one of those things that is uh, just an absolutely essential part of my life. And it, it, it freaks people out because they think that it's this thing that's an, attached to a religion or a culture that is not their own. And it has all this sort of like voodoo magic and hippie vibes attached to it. And if you're a human being who feels emotions and lives life, I would encourage you to try to look past those really shallow connotations and give it give it a chance give it the time of day because all it really is is someone described it really well to me recently um they were saying that you're gonna get upset if something upsets you and you you know like because the question i guess that you're trying to answer is what does meditation get you what's the point or what does mindfulness get you and it was this idea is that when something occurs that is sad or upsetting or you know makes you angry in some way, the the length, like the duration that that emotion have has, is just shortened more and more and more. The more control you have over that mindfulness, and the difference between being angry for an hour and being angry for thirty seconds is a huge difference in your day. Because not only is that, you know, almost an hour or less of your life that you spent angry, but while you're angry, all this other horrible stuff is happening and you're making up stories about things that don't exist and you're making assumptions about people who probably don't feel what you're making up assumptions about. So all this negative sort of snowballing is happening and I guess it's kind of like an exponential growth type of thing in that time. So the the faster you can, you know, reconnect with reality really and tune those things out the better well jp one i appreciate you sharing your perspective on it uh i know like you you say that a lot of people have these like hippy dippy idea of meditation um and and i think really it's just a marketing problem but i think the more yeah. that that people who live and exist and create contemporary culture speak up about the benefits, then over time, the culture uh, and the practice uh, eventually does change. Um, so yeah. I, I'm wondering, now that you've uh, been practicing it for some, uh, for some time now, how, if at all, 
has it influenced you as a creative and an expressive musician? Well, I think the most potent example of that would be the birth of Childish Japes, my new band. Because in those, in the experience I was describing uh, a few minutes ago, like when I was first, you know, Calcis was like, go sit with your eyes closed and see what happens. Um, in that, like one of the big revelations I had is that I, I had no creative outlet in my life that I was comfortable in. I had always, like the, the thing I value more than anything else in music is the ability to improvise and make stuff up on the spot. I don't think that's the, de the defining factor of being a great musician because there are classical musicians who are great musicians who don't do that. But as far as my life and what I want to do with it and the musicians that I generally look up to, it has to do with this fluidity and this freedom of vocabulary and this freedom of expression on the instrument. So I'm sitting there just realizing like, man, I've built a somewhat successful you know, B-level celebrity drum career here. And it's paying my bills. And, you know, I have a girlfriend who's wonderful. I have friends who are wonderful. I live in a city that is, in my opinion, the, the best city in the world for me right now. And I am just feeling empty. Like, there is a huge hole that, where there should be filling. There should be chocolate in my croissant, and there is not. <laughs> and that, so that, that was the thing that kind of made itself it, it became like the that's the the like the pinnacle issue in my life right now and it, it that you know that fed into my feelings of self-worth and sort of self-validation stuff of like who am i to be this this figure that people are trusting with their education if i'm not even doing what i want to do you know what i mean especially if people are asking for life advice it's like for so much of, you know, as my education career was building, in the beginning after the drum off, um, I was, I was, I mean, that was the creative endeavor. Because not in a musical way, but in a business way, and in a design way, and in countless other ways, planning tours and stuff, it was extremely creative. But at a certain point, that became very under control. And doing another clinic tour wasn't necessarily some great exercise of creativity it was just you know i had to i was gonna do it and i knew how to do it and it was fun when i did it but then this hole opened up again that was where's the creativity in my life and i was playing music with some bands with people i loved dearly and the music was killer um but again it was more of a learn the parts write the parts play the parts kind of thing than be creative, push yourself on stage, do something different, what's your voice? So that was my big revelation there. And then that led to me realizing that, you know, every day I try to go practice drums and discover things that I haven't heard people play before or things that I think are really, really cool and cool new ways to do things. And I have no output for them. There's just no place except a drum solo at a clinic or on YouTube where those ideas can go. So then it just started to become extremely obvious. It was like, I need to create the band that will be the home for those ideas. So that's, Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, so as far as the, you know, uh, that's like a really 
like a obvious result from that sort of like mindfulness practice. But I do feel that it's worth mentioning that I would say the more the, the meditation is like the the benefits aren't necessarily going to be like oh I had a revelation and my life changed immediately. I rem- I forget what book I was reading but it it made such a good point in that meditation or breathing exercises or just learning to you know be mindful and be in the present moment which is probably the power of now that's a great book to read but um so much of the the value that you get from that will go unnoticed it will surface in infinite different ways in your day and lead to a generally happier life where you're more in control of what's happening inside you and outside you and it, but it's not generally like this like oh i became enlightened and then i knew all the answers of what i should do like life continues to be a struggle emotions continue to torment you bad and good things continue to happen but if you have that as a part of your life then you can go check in with your demons make sure they're in the right place and you start to befriend them and just like be happy with who you are I love that. I love hearing that because that was what I was going to ask you. I mean, when you sit with things like you have and you've identified your demons, so to speak, you know, over time, how did you really, I guess the question I have for you, how, you know, how did, how do you more quickly come back to center and not let them affect you? You know, I find myself a lot of times in my own head and I'll be thinking about this one particular thing over and over. And then you create these sort of scenarios that aren't real and these false realities that aren't real. And it's mm-hmm. very easy to like, to just get caught up in that. And then it affects your body. Like I'll get like nervous in my stomach or my chest will get tight or something like that. You know what I mean? And that's the kind of thing that I personally really want to avoid. And I know that a lot of our listeners struggle with anxiety that comes from overthinking. So, I'm just curious how that really um, has changed for you and if you ever really dealt with that kind of thing before, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's a part of, you know, every minute of every day. To some point, your your body is reflecting the anxiety within you, whether it's, you know, you're thinking about what restaurant you're going to eat at or you being on stage and being freaked out about, you know, you have to perform in front of this hundred people or something. I had a I played a show last night subbing in for the drummer in the band Iris Loon and I still get nervous going on stage especially in this case I had learned 45 minutes of material to play this one show as a sub and then probably never play with them again so it was all new material they played at tracks they play with clicks things that I'm triggering and stuff so it's a little bit high pressure in that sense and they're you know good friends and people I really respect which makes you feel comfortable because you know they'll love you either way but at the same time there's a weird thing about playing in front of your friends and family that like makes it even more (laughs) nerve-wracking but i think you you are getting at a really interesting point there because you're describing how this this feeling of anxiety makes you the internal feeling makes you externally tense or makes you, you know, all, like your back will get sore all of a sudden. You're grinding your teeth, whatever the manifestation is for different people. Yeah, it can make and, you, I mean, it makes a lot of people physically sick. 
you know, yeah. to where they, yeah. you know, you take a deep breath even, and it doesn't really suffice. You feel this nervousness in the pit of your stomach, you know, and I'm sort of describing how it manifests within myself. Um, you know, when I, when I get anxious, I don't really grind my teeth. I don't really, you know, my back doesn't get tense. I feel it in my gut, you know, like that's yeah. how I feel it. And that's a, it's a sick feeling to feel that way. So, um, I want to get past that, you know, and, and really have a method that I can rely on. And I think a lot of our listeners probably are curious about that too, you know? Yeah. I would say I, what I don't have is the cure all because I don't think there is one. I mean, I think sure. you still get nervous through your whole life, but right. what I was getting at is that you were talking like internal to external, but mm-hmm. there's, I think if you think in reverse, a lot of times that's a helpful tool, especially if it's something where you're not necessarily in the spotlight, in the moment, like in the middle of a song freaking out. But if you think about, okay, your feelings make you tense. Well, then a breathing exercise that relaxes your body could then, in the reverse way, relax you, the anxiety, the feelings that you're having. Because those things are so linked, and I really do think they are. So like one, you know, one simple breathing exercise that you could consider a meditation if you weren't afraid of of the heebie-jeebies of that word would be this sort of body scan. And you sit somewhere comfortable and you breathe in, your eyes are closed. And when you exhale, this is actually something I learned from, oh, this is extremely relevant. I learned this from a friend's father who does therapy for people who have stage fright. Oh, is that Laura's dad? Lauren Desberg, yeah. Yes. And the exercise he described was you're laying down or you're sitting down, whatever, your eyes are closed. You breathe in and you think of one part of your body at a time. You think your eyes. And you think on this exhale, all the muscles that are involved with my eyes relax. And you inhale. You think everything involved with my nose relax. And then your mouth. And then your ears. And then your cheeks. The back of your neck. The top of your head. And as you do it, you start to... it, It becomes amazing where you find tension. Like, cause you wouldn't think that your nose was a place where you could even hold tension. But when you think of the, of your, of relaxing those muscles and you're taking a deep breath and you're having that deep exhale, you'll, you'll be like, wow, I just relaxed my nose. I didn't even know that I could, but apparently I was holding, you know, the muscles were being used there. And then you get to your back and you get to your arms and stuff. And by the time you've really focused on that, two things have happened. One, you have just physically relaxed your body, but two, you've stopped thinking about the, you know, invented potential catastrophe that you're fearing about going on stage or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Because the, you know, it's the weirdest thing. I, I've always thought that it's the weirdest thing to consider having a physical reaction to something that you're nervous about in the future. Because if you zoom out, it's that you've imagined something bad like you've imagined a monster and then actually started sweating at the thought of it which is just insane (laughs) but we all do it but it's just such a crazy thing but i think that kind of reverse like thinking out to in okay if i can calm my my physical you know my extremities and relax my muscles that's actually gonna tell my emotions that it's gonna be okay i mean that's that's where i would start JP, I'm really glad you shared that example. I think it'll be really helpful for a lot of the listeners um, for, for a bunch of different reasons. 
Uh, one being that I think just in our culture in general, we tend to just focus more on the physical self because we can see it and it feels more tangible. Uh, but, but of course, there's all these different aspects to our beings and our experiences. And I think to understand and to experience that, to your point, the mind and emotions and the body are all connected. They're interconnected and they all influence each other um, in very direct ways. So I think it's really cool, the idea that we can focus on the body and then in return, uh, our physiology will literally change and that influences uh, our emotions and, and our mental world. Also though, um, there, there's this saying where, where attention goes, energy flows. And the big idea there is that we are ultimately in control of where we place our attention at any point. So for you, you may be feeling some pre-show you know, anxiety, but you're making a conscious decision to do this body scan exercise. And as you said, one of the benefits is that it actually gets your mind off of the things that was creating anxiety in the first place. Um, I yeah. think that's another benefit to the meditation practice is that you start to really uh, increase this observer peace within you and realize that ultimately you are the one behind the wheel, but it's ultimately up to you to actually take the wheel and steer it yourself. I like that. And, and tell me again what the, the phrase was you started with, attention, where what goes attention? Where attention goes, energy flows. Yeah. And I would, as I'm hearing that, I almost want it elaborated on in that it's n that's like a, a skill to be practiced because your attention and this is what you'll find if you do if you sit with your eyes closed for 30 minutes or whatever you'll find that controlling your attention is the the hardest part of this whole deal and maybe even of life and that's why we create these these scenarios in our mind because our attention goes elsewhere and starts you know causing a ruckus and it's important to think about in with that amazing saying or that amazing motto whatever it might be um just acknowledging that like the more i do this the more i choose where my attention goes and try to hold it in that place the better i will get at doing that aka the better i'll get at controlling how i'm feeling and then that controlling like my, my external feeling my hope uh, is for is that conversations like this will start to make people more aware that the small changes that they make as as daily habit will pay off. I mean, exponentially in the long run. And I think one of the fundamental issues, and maybe it's the again like to Jordan's point, maybe this is a marketing issue, is that yoga and meditation things of that nature just aren't necessarily sexy when it comes to working on this like supposed fitness you know i think people go uh you'll do like a yoga class where you might be meditating um where you might be just breathing and and just feeling you know you, you might feel great afterwards but you don't really feel it externally it's mm -hmm. more an internal feeling but it's fleeting and you have to practice that daily as what you're talking about, getting back into this daily, you know, this, this ritual. And, and, it's, and it's great now that you're home. You get to really dive back into what that is for you. Um, and, and I think it's unfortunate that, that people will go to the gym just because they can exceed the external muscle, yet they don't realize how, how much benefit there would be if they were to practice things like, you know, meditating on the daily for 
what will happen, you know, in the future when they'll have to call on uh, these practices to help them, to your point. Yeah, and to someone who is new to the idea or resistant to the idea, I would present this metaphor that you, it's super common for people to be going to the gym and training their body for, you know, <laughs> frankly, situations that are never going to occur. Like, Absolutely. If you can squat 300 pounds, more power to you. You're never going to have to do that in life. So if you think of meditation or breathing exercises or mindfulness as mental exercise, it's an exercise that is arguably more difficult because of uh, the sort of complexity of, of your mind and just trying to keep it on track. And this is a tool that you're going to use in every minute of every day of your life. Of course, I'm a huge advocate of physical health. I mean, they, they're, like you said, they're extremely interconnected. But to someone like, like the person that you just described who is, you know, going to the gym, loving that they look great, but really struggling on the emotional front of their life, to look at it in that light might make it a little bit more of an appetizing endeavor. Yeah. I like that a lot. I think that's going to be very helpful for people. It's something that I'm going to try as well. Um, and it's funny when I, when I got to talk to Dr. Desberg myself, I don't know if you remember this, but we stopped by, uh, the house when we were in LA. Do you remember that? Yeah. 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 And you were like, yeah, he's a great guy. Just, you know, if you sit down, be ready. Cause you'll be in a two hour conversation with him. And I was like, Oh no, 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 it's cool. I'm just going to, you know, introduce myself quickly. And then two hours later I walk outside and I'm like, Hey guys, <laughs> We're like, where the hell have you been, man? Yeah, it was a pretty amazing conversation, though. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I learned a lot from him. But that's a great that's a great exercise for sure. Um, yeah, and you can bring this mindfulness thing. It's not like you have to sit cross-legged on a mat in the middle of the woods to do this. Like, my girlfriend had a great idea. She's studying acupuncture, getting her master's in acupuncture. And what's so cool about the program that I'm super jealous about, that I wish every educational program had is that given the nature of being a healer for other people, you kind of have to have your own shit figured out to a certain level. Like there's so much subconscious communication between bodies that like if you're a nervous, anxious, emotional wreck and you're trying to help someone, that's going to impede your ability to do so. So they have like meditation class and Tai Chi class and all this amazing stuff that is just so helpful. And something she shared with me this morning when we were walking to the train together before we parted ways was she was just like, yeah, I've been doing this, this sort of walking meditation. Cause in, in New York you walk a lot. So she was like, yeah, I take four steps. I'm breathing in six steps. I'm breathing out. Cause she's trying to like just to ex- extend her, her out breath for whatever reason. Um, because of the, the things that that like helps her, helps deal her deal with within her own, uh, physical situation there. But, uh, that's the simplest way. It's like walking around the city. It's like you can still be paying attention to the world around you. And chances are that if you're doing that, you're actually going to be seeing the world around you much more than you would otherwise because you won't be distracted by all these thoughts and images and potential situations in your mind. You'll be thinking about your breathing just enough to turn that stupid part of your brain off and actually just enjoy the walk that you're on. And when you get where you're going, you'll probably feel a lot more calm than you would have otherwise. JP, I'm interested from a nutrition standpoint, um, dating someone who's in the field, 
which is also something that I'm currently studying. I'm studying dietetics to be a dietitian. Uh, you spoke of this large breakfast in the morning. Um, can you break that down for us? And and are you following any current trends? You said you know following those trends, you know turning into vegan, whatever else. Yeah, and bone broth. Is there anything that uh, you're currently following, or something that you've been doing for a while that has worked for you and is working for you? Yeah, totally. Um, and and here I think if people are still listening who are uh, you know a little bit turned off by the the hippie nature of of all this stuff, I think I can I can save myself one step there um, by decreeing that in, by Kenna and my standards. Most health fans are total bullshit. Like we actually don't really, and this is just on a health level. This this has nothing to do with, you know, the the moral reasons you might make a decision about your diet. Sure. But strictly based on you know your own personal human health, um, we're we like strongly opposed to veganism and vegetarianism. Um, but again, people do that for moral reasons that are different, that are totally respectable. But as far as us, you know, selfishly saying, okay, what's best for our body? Um, we do eat everything, but this, it's the simplest rule. It's just the, the closer you can get to the source, the better. So we do eat, you know, mostly when we go shopping, we go to the farmer's market down the street and we get organic vegetables. And if we're going to eat meat, we try to get organic grass-fed, whatever it might be. And even that is a bit of a mystery because then, like, two days ago, one of my friends who's really into this stuff was talking about how, yeah, just he was like, I'm not eating grass-fed beef anymore. I'm eating regular beef because it depletes way less resources. And I was like, good Lord, like, this, who do I believe? But the, the, the easiest thing to do is to go to a farmer's market and talk to some farmers and be like, hey, how do you farm? And chances are, if you're at a farmer's market, they're doing stuff that's, you know, not not too crazy um so that's the way to keep it easy and if you're thinking about like okay as close to the source as you can get and then you think about like all just myriad bullshit stuff filling the shelves um even you know breakfast cereals like that you can't look at a cocoa puff and identify like it doesn't resemble anything in nature right so you've gone pretty far from the source like, it's that kind of simple thing. It's like that includes pretty much all junk food. And then a couple other super simple rules that if you followed would, like, totally change what you ate just by accident would be not eating any refined sugar and, av- and avoiding a handful of oils that are really bad for the body, that are toxic to the body, like canola oil and vegetable oil and those sorts of, like, really cheap uh, sort of man-mangled hydrogenated oils. So if you avoid those kind of canola oil, that's another one. So if you look at the ingredients and it has canola oil and you just say, okay, I'm not going to eat it, that will eliminate all chips. That will eliminate all, like, most snack food on accident. And then if you include refined sugar of all types, even if it's organic, that has no nutrient for the body that it needs, it causes every fucking disease out there. You get rid of those two things and you'll just accidentally be eating fruits, vegetables, meats, nuts, and grains. And then if with those things you just try to get as close to the source as is reasonable for you, then uh, you're, sitting, you're sitting pretty, to be honest. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that makes it really easy. It just takes us back to, to more of like uh, a primal diet, 
you know, just yeah. uh, asking yourself, where did this actually come from? Like those, those cocoa puffs or cocoa crispies, like, I don't know what plant they came from. I'm good. I'm not into that. Um, right. How hard is it for you when you're traveling to gets, like, let's say you're in a, like in an Asian environment, right? And, and mm-hmm. vegetable oil uh, is very common or uh, an extremely um, sugary condiment that would be used like, um, you know, like a, like an oyster sauce. Yeah, yeah. Or something that's like really high in sodium, soy sauces and dark soys, light soys, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, I I do what I can, but I'm fortunate that I don't have I don't have any intolerances, I don't have any allergies, and I'm also blessed, and I guess in, in most people's eyes, I'm blessed to have a super is it ectomorph form where I, no matter what I eat, I remain thin. So it, it doesn't manifest physically so much, but it's the kind of thing where like, once you know too much, you can't unknow it. Um, but I, I do the best I can, but at the same time, like, because I'm fortunate in that way, sure. I treat myself and sure. If somebody says this is the dopest burger joint in Melbourne, you better believe I'm going and I don't care what they put on that burger. Well, yeah, I guess, you know, when in Rome or when in Melbourne, you know, you're right. But the thing is, it's like, it's, it's how often are you going to do that? It's like, if you have the option, um, and the ability to do that, do that now, which obviously you can't do when you go home, you know, especially now you're at home for an extension of, you know, four months and you get to say to yourself, well, now I'm going to, I'm going to buy my stuff local and I'm going to cook as often as I can. And we're going to cook together and it's going to be more of an experience um, for us at home doing our own thing with the products that we decide to buy. But like, if someone says like, this is the best pizza in the city, you have to have it. It's like, well, this is a good time to have pizza. Right. Yeah. You, and again, you set your own boundaries. My girlfriend's super strict. Like she just, she doesn't want to eat it cause she knows it's horrible for her and her body reacts more violently than mine does to things. Right. So, you know, people, you know, you set your own boundaries. There's no rule you need to follow, but my kind of my kind of thinking is do the best you can, you know, from time to time. If there's something that is exciting that you want to try, that it would be like an experience worth having, uh, go for it. But I find generally when I do that, it's like much less rewarding than I planned. <laughs> and sure. uh, yeah, but it is kind of funny because when I'm traveling, like doing whatever, like tour, or I was just in Australia doing like some camps and stuff. So we'd like go get lunch together. And I'm like telling people about my, you know, my girlfriend's nutritional therapist and like, you know, we eat super healthy at home as we're like scarfing down like some totally mid quality burger and fries. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I, you know, I make exceptions when I'm on the road, but like, you know, at home, like I'm killing it, you know? So it's <laughs> there's funny, a, the, the food, a lot of the food in Australia is really good, like really tasty, you know? Yeah. And, no, it really is. And for the, I mean, I find for the most part, like your standard burger is going to be of better quality than what you would even get in the States. Yeah. And that's not even really a great example because you can get an extremely healthy burger. Totally. You know, like there is, there are some spots around New York and there's a, you know, a spot we went to in, uh, uh, Perth, a couple of places where it's just like they, you know, all they're doing is letting you know that the ingredients that they use are of a certain quality and then you're good to go. Like a burger in itself is not a food that is bad for you. It's just that most places that serve burgers or whatever, you know, that type of fried American food uh, aren't too tuned into that. I think it really has, uh, and this is very similar to all the topics we've kind of touched on thus far. It's really just playing the long game. You know, I think for most people, they struggle seeing the big picture of like, you know, when I'm 70, will I be mobile? 
will I be feeling great or will I have all these diseases? And it's like, it's this accumulation of each time you eat something or each time you wake up and decide to meditate or go get, you know, get physically active or stretch, you know, work on your mobility, uh, play your drums, right? Play your instrument, whatever it may be. It's like over the course of say the next 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years, you'll see the benefits from all of these things uh, exponentially, right? It'll just keep going and going and going. And I think people with, with things like food, food for me, I generally see the, the issue is that the behavior is just that, well, I can't really think that far in advance because all I'm thinking about is what I'm going to do right this second. And yeah. obviously, like like Matt would say, going to flavor country is great. So it's like, well, I, I want to go there multiple times a day because you're you kind of have that option that you can do that. But that's not yeah. necessarily serving us in the, you know, in the long haul. So I, I, I think the what you're saying and what you're actually doing is the, is the best way of being flexible and being kind to yourself when it comes to these things of, of well, when I'm home and I can control it completely, I do what I can. And when I want to indulge, I indulge, but it's, it's the duration. I don't do it for a month. I do it for like a meal. Exactly. And this, and then this ties in like, because I, what I'm thinking, like when I'm thinking about health stuff, I'm like, what's going to take me out? You know what I mean? Cause like, I, I try not to ever skip leg day because my grandpa, <laughs> there was a certain point in his life where his legs, he was totally healthy. His legs just were too weak to lift for him to lift himself like confidently and suddenly he's chair ridden right totally cool healthy guy mind sharp as attack right so because of something like that i'm like shit like i'm susceptible to that taking me up i'm a tall skinny guy with chicken legs i i need to make sure that i've got that you know that front covered so you yeah. can look at it on the you know food in the same way but then but then you get this other piece of the puzzle that comes in and you start to learn about how much disease and, and like how many horrible things are actually caused by stress. And then you think, okay, like how much stress will I allow myself to have about my diet before I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm having negative, you know, uh, results here overall. Like sure, I'm eating healthier, but I'm stressing so hard about what I'm eating that I'm actually like doing more damage than good. Yeah, that's so there's obviously often a my balance problem. there. I, I don't think that I, you know, if someone were to be like, man, thinking about eating healthy stresses me out. So that's why I just eat, you know, chips and gummy worms. I'd be like, okay, like you're kind of full of shit. You're just making an excuse now. But you know, there's definitely a balance in there where like, if, if you start freaking out because you're in a city and you can't find something good to eat. And then, you know, it's it, again, you just gotta, you know, find a balance weigh your options and do the best you can and then move on with life and enjoy it. Yep. Well, so this is, this is a good point to, to dig into another sort of a couple topics that I want to tie together here. Um, which is you really love to challenge yourself. Um, I've seen you put, put yourself through some pretty trying adventures. Um, and two things that I want to talk about, which are, which are, completely linked are the fact that one, um, I know that you travel the world by yourself quite often. You know, you go, you've been pretty much all over the place, um, many times alone, but something that I don't know if, if many people know about unless they, they follow you very closely is the fact that you pushed yourself to travel to, uh, Europe 
by yourself, book your own drum clinics, book your own drum lessons, and teach solely speaking in French. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> it was, but, but I want to talk about the motivation there and what pushes you to, to not only like get out and see the world alone and not really worry about a travel buddy and feel confident in yourself to be able to get around in these, in these countries and these lands that you are completely unfamiliar of. And then also where you get the, um, you know, the, the drive and, and, and as Justin just said, sort of the audacity to push yourself to be educating, um, you know, native speakers of the language that you are not a native speaker of, you know, teaching them on the drums. Like how does that happen? And, and mm-hmm. what, what drives you? Yeah. Well, okay. There's a couple, couple factors there. One, my full name is Jean-Pierre Didier Bouvet. So if I have that name and I can't speak French, there's a certain amount of shame that comes along with that. He is an imposter. But uh, so I always, you know, I studied French in high school for two or three years um, and subsequently forgot most of it. Uh, And then I really wanted to, I really wanted to start learning again. And, And a big part of that was, like I mentioned, my grandpa at the time was becoming much more frail, and he's from Mauritius Island, which is a native French-speaking place, and my father speaks French, and I, so I, I, I knew, knew he would be extremely proud of me if, if I became fluent, and I also just wanted to do it, and I knew that, because the thing is, I, I am a driven person, but I struggle to be driven without a goal. And I know that about myself, and I, I think it's a fairly common thing. Uh, so the best thing you can do for yourself in that case is create a goal that is, you know, ideally pretty terrifying. Um, hi, guys. Matt and Justin back with you. Uh, we hope that at least what we, we captured uh, before Matt's blunder was uh, riveting and, and inspiring as inspiring to you guys as it was for us. Um, yeah. So with that said, there will be a second part coming in a few weeks with JP. Uh, we want to thank him. He was, he was great. And, um, he was very concerned about what happened in the moment. Uh, aside from that, we want to thank road mics again, road microphones, uh, road.com, R O D E road, Mike M I C on all their socials. Uh, thank them for, uh, their microphones being as durable as they are, uh, you know, in accidents happen and you got to roll with it. So thank you, Rode. You guys are great. And now Matt is going to do the, the classic Jordan Goodman outro. So guys, um, we really appreciate all of the response we've gotten so far. If you have a second to hop onto iTunes, we would really appreciate a rating. We would really appreciate uh, an honest review from you. Um, just share your honest thoughts, whatever they may be. Um, it really helps us to get noticed by more people as we start growing as a podcast, which we've been doing over the past couple weeks. And as we start working with sponsors, you know, to get in front of more people, to get more feedback is really paramount for the continued expansion of what we're trying to do here, which is just educate people, help people, um, and have great conversations with as many people as we possibly can, uh, that can hopefully provide value to all of your lives. So if you have a second again, um, 
Hop on iTunes, give us a rating, give us a review. If you consume your audio like I do on my phone, uh, whichever podcast app you use, I personally use the uh, Apple iTunes podcast app. Um, you can just go there. You can search for chocolate croissants. It'll come up right in the top of the search. Uh, we would love it if you would subscribe to our podcast. That way you can consume what we do offline. Um, if you you know are home early Monday morning or Sunday night and you got your phone plugged into the Wi-Fi, then our episodes will automatically download into your phone and you won't have to use any data then to listen to what we have to say uh, throughout the week. And that's always a good thing to not waste your data. So, Give us a uh, subscribe hit, give us a review, give us a rating. Don't hate us for my folly of knocking into the microphone. And uh, join us next week because I am very excited about our guest. He is a very, very, very good friend of mine as well. Um, He started off, uh, well, I don't want to say too much now, but he was the guitar player of a band called The Faceless. Uh, He is an incredible human being. He's probably one of the most... Uh, widely sort of revered and respected guitar players in the current metal scene, although he by no means is just a metal guitar player. This dude is as as versatile as they come. Uh, For those of you who don't know already, the guy I'm talking about is my very, very good friend, Mr. Wes Halk. Um, He is one of my best friends, and uh, he's a veteran and we have a lot to talk about. So um, I think it'll kind of be a combination of a very funny episode as well as a very heavy episode given some of the conversations we've had and some of the experiences we've had together. He's like my big brother and I love him dearly. And I'm excited for those of you who don't know him very well to learn more about him. Uh, very, very lastly, again, just please, if you have a second, check out facebook.com slash groups slash chocolate croissants. We're going to take questions for Wes and his episode in there all week. So head on in there, um, post your questions, look for the thread, and, uh, we'll be more than happy to field these questions for you once we have him on the podcast. And again, we have a lot of interaction and a lot of engagement there. So if you're looking to get more involved with what we have to say and what's going on in the group, um, it's a perfect place for you. So head on over there. We'll preview and we'll get you in. So yeah, thank you for listening to episode 28. We are going to head out and um, I hope you guys have a fantastic week and we will see you back next week with episode 29. With that being said, I'm going to do my best Jordan Goodman impression by saying bye-bye.